This is our number three of the John and Leah show. This is the program where we talk about the news of the week, the events of our often bizarre lives, and where we provide you with a three-hour oasis of rationality in the desert of insanity, which is the American media, cultural, and political landscape. Lots to get to, as is usually the case in our number three, which is often a potpourri of different issues and topics, including usually some related to our own personal lives. That'll probably be the case again uh, this week. But first, in hour number two, um, I referenced, Leah, something that I have been predicting and worried about, not just this year, not just this election cycle, but for many, many years. Uh, I've told you this before, but back in 2011, 2011, I created a very extensive, and I thought quite provocative, book proposal through a legitimate book agent called A Business, Not a Cause, about the conservative media and how the conservative media was going to pave the way for Barack Obama's re-election. Wow, I had no idea. (laughs) Even I had no idea. No one picked up the book, of course, because I'm not a celebrity, and celebrity is all that matters, especially in the book industry this day and age, because the book industry is in huge, huge trouble, almost as bad as the radio industry is, but I digress. (laughs) Almost. Uh, So uh, anyway, the, the point here is even I, had no idea the lengths to which the conservative media or elements of the conservative media was willing and able to go to pursue their own self-interest, their own economic self-interest, their own rating self-interest when it came to Donald Trump, which is part of why my initial reaction when Trump started to run was incorrect. I thought he could not win the nomination, but I did immediately feel like he was going to be a mortal threat to the cause of beating Hillary Clinton, which turns out I believe I was 100% correct on. Once I realized, oh, my God, the conservative media really isn't fooling around on this. They're really going to sell out completely to this guy. Uh, Then I quickly uh, shifted, and in November, I predicted that he was very likely to win the Republican nomination and hand the presidency to Hillary. Well, the reason I'm mentioning all this is that the same elements of the conservative media that boosted Donald Trump the hardest during the primaries are already scrambling for cover. They're already looking at the future and going, "Uh uh-oh, let's do the math on this. If Trump loses, especially if Trump loses badly, that means I might get blamed by some of, at least some, if not most of my audience, for having nominated the wrong guy. And the person who is most panicked and is in the most obvious meltdown is Sean Hannity. Oh, for sure. He is in complete meltdown on Twitter, on his radio show, on his television show. I've written a couple of different columns, uh, which you can easily Google, John Ziegler and Mediaite, Sean Hannity, uh, with uh, two of them out this week, uh, which with some pretty darn good analysis and predictions regarding what's going on with Sean Hannity. But specifically, one of them was about an episode where he had Laura Ingram on his TV show on Fox News Channel. And Laura Ingram now becomes... The leader in the clubhouse on the most ridiculous thing that has been said by a Donald Trump booster in this campaign. For the context, this is what happened on Fox News Channel. Hannity comes on, starts naming names of all the horrible conservatives who haven't yet endorsed or fully supported Donald Trump, blaming those people, people like Ted Cruz, people like Jeb Bush, people like Mitt Romney, blaming them for 
Hillary's potential victory. And then, of course, what every insecure television host does, Bill O'Reilly does this too, they give an opinion and then they find someone that they know is going to agree, agree with, with it. Right. They, they bring them on. And let's Where's bring Laura? On, let's, bring on, Laura. let's bring on a guest. I have no idea what she's going to say. Laura, am I right? And, of course, Laura says, why, yes, Sean, you're, you're so right. In fact, let me tell you just how right you are. Um, and so that's exactly Here's my book. <laughs> right. And so that's exactly what happened. And here is Laura Ingram with that statement uh, that I believe is the leader in the clubhouse for the most ridiculous yet made by a Trump booster. I would make the argument, uh, I think, very persuasively as well, Sean, that if you call yourself a conservative and a Republican, it's actually immoral not to vote for Donald Trump, if only for the reason of the Supreme Court. Okay. And. That's absolutely insane. Hannity, of course, agreed with her and then referred to conservatives as dangerous. These these anti-Trump conservatives as dangerous. Uh, but the key word there is immoral. Mm-hmm. Laura Ingram. Let's 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 do the math on this, folks, because because we've reached a pretty crazy point in the in the universe. We've we've long since left the gravitational pull of the rational Earth here, where we're being told that if you're a real Republican and a real conservative, if you don't vote for a guy who has held every single major liberal position that there is, not as a teenager, but as a full-grown, full adult, sometimes as few as a couple of years ago, sometimes even during this campaign, and I'm not exaggerating, he has held every single major liberal position to the extreme that there is. And not just that, has given money to Hillary Clinton and her foundation, praised her publicly even after Benghazi, and oh, by the way, consulted with Bill Clinton just before deciding to run for president. If you don't vote for that guy as a conservative and a Republican, you are immoral. Well, um, okay. Here is my issue with slamming him 24-7, 365. I don't no, no, get... No, let's, let's just address the issue. It's not immoral not to vote for this, this liberal con man. It's not immoral. That right. is not immoral, Leo. Right, but I don't understand how people can believe, and, and I have a lot of these on my Twitter feed, and you do too. They're, you know, our friends. Uh, I don't understand how these people can believe... That I'm someone's going to go to the poll and vote for everyone but Donald Trump. They're going to vote down ballot. And so somehow we're going to keep Congress while we have Hillary and we can fight Hillary where we couldn't fight Barack Obama. This is what I'm seeing over and over and over. I I think you're well, you're 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 going way far afield of the issue. Um, I am. The, 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 the issue is the whether or not it's immoral to not support Donald Trump as a conservative. And that's just... It's just flat out ridiculous. It, it's absurd. It is absurd on its face, and it's, it is emotional blackmail. We've gone through the Supreme Court issue specifically, where if, if I trusted Trump, which I don't, and if I thought he could win, then that would be a le- legitimate argument. I don't trust him. I have no reason to trust him on judges or anything else. He believes in imminent domain. He believes on restrictions in the First Amendment. He said he tweeted out today 
that freedom of the press does not include the ability for the press to lie. Well, uh, well, okay, guess who? Guess what? I'm sorry, but you have to be able to protect lies because as soon as you're trying to determine what a lie is, it's subjective. And as soon as you make subjective analysis of free speech, there is no free speech because guess who's going to make those subjective analysis? It's going to be liberals, and we're going to lose. So, 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 so we are going to lose Congress, is what you're saying? No, I, I don't. We're not going to be able to protect Congress and keep. I, 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 you're confusing the issue completely. I, I, I'm I, not. I, I, I'm, that's a I'm not. Completely separate issue as to whether or not it's moral or immoral to support Look, Donald Trump. I mean, people go to the polls to vote for the president. Uh-huh. We have what? How much percentage turns out for the midterms? Luckily, it's the Republicans. But people go to vote for the president, right. okay? In order for us not to get stuck with right. a liberal judge, we need to have a Republican Congress who can okay. say no. But they're not going to say no to the, a Supreme Court justice. They can't, especially not to a, a brand-new female president, especially if she picked Garland, who's already been sitting there waiting on the in the dugout or the, the lawn deck circle for the last however many months. So we've gotten confused on the issue. So let's take a break. When we come back, we'll revisit this, and then we'll move on to the Olympics and some other things on the John and Leah Show. How strong is Allegra D? It's my congestion's out of my way strong, even in the park playing with my dogs. Go fetch, Bosley. Allegra D, a fast, non-drowsy antihistamine plus a powerful decongestant that starts relieving your toughest allergy symptoms in under one hour. Allegra D is breathing free for 24 hours strong, even in the convertible. Allegra D, strong relief for your allergy symptoms, guaranteed or your money back. Visit Allegra.com. Use only as directed. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. Cleaning up our weekly look at the race for the White House 2016. Uh, and we had a little bit of confusion in the last segment because I, I was discussing or trying to discuss uh, Laura Ingram declaring that it's immoral if you're a Republican or a conservative not to vote for Donald Trump because the Supreme Court is on the line. And I was making the argument that that's absurd this, you know, you can disagree with it. I have no problem, by the way. There, there, you can come up with some semblance of logic, I guess. Hasn't been convincing to me yet, but I can at least respect the argument on the other side that you have that that you should vote for Donald Trump if you're a Republican or conservative. Uh, but the idea that somehow you're immoral if you don't is what I found to be offensive. Now, you, Leah, maybe kind of unusual for someone to overthink it more than me because i overthink everything but you you're thinking this she's through. a chick <laughs> right i understand how that happens i'm married right we so, overthink right so but you're telling me that what you how you interpret that is that if you don't vote for trump you're not going to vote at all and if you don't vote at all we'll lose the congress and then that therefore would create the immorality immorta- immorality not immortality that would be Thank really great you okay all right well i'm glad i was able to figure that out cuz i was frankly confused but here's why i disagree with it you know ticket splitting has become far more prevalent in recent years uh, there are probably a lot of reasons for that i think loyalty to the party has gone down i think the technology in voting makes it a lot easier and so I don't see that as 
a, a perfectly rational argument. I think it is it is very possible, and there's been some evidence that in the polls, as as in many Senate races, by the way, Marco Rubio, ironically, is a perfect example of this. Currently, Marco Rubio is winning every poll in Florida. Guess how Trump's doing in Florida right now? The most recent fl- polls in Florida, some by the very same companies that show Rubio ahead, have Trump behind by about five points in Florida. Gee, by the way, you Trumpsters out there, how did that happen? You know, I kept being told, I couldn't, I can't tell you how many people on Twitter, Trump fans, told me, how could Rubio possibly beat Hillary? Trump killed him in his own state. Yeah, well, that's because you morons don't understand how election works. Because it's a complete... Primary! It's a different electorate. My God, I can't... I know, I know. I know, know. it is frustrating. And so, so, anyway, the point here is that there is evidence that Trump is running several points, sometimes 10 points behind several of the Republican candidates for re-election in the Senate, for instance, uh, in Pennsylvania, Ohio, Florida, New Hampshire, Arizona. Uh, these are all uh, key states. And so whether they end up doing, if they're going to, to me, if they're willing to tell a pollster that, they're probably willing to do that at the polling booth. Now, okay. now so anyway, getting off the immorality issue, because we're going to keep an eye on the Sean Hannity's of the world as they continue to dodge for cover because everybody is looking for their out, their excuse, their their ability to avoid the flack that's coming their way if what looks like is going to happen actually does, which is a Trump loss. Now, is Trump really going to lose? Now, we've got a very interesting situation going on here, polling-wise. And, and basically it's this in the couple minutes we have before the break. Trump is losing consistently now, but not by, like, enormous amounts Nationwide, he's probably down by six or seven points right now, eight tops, which is about what it is in the key states. And to most people, they mistakenly think they think this is a football game. Six, seven, eight points. Ah, that's a touchdown, two point conversion. No problem. <laughs> that, that's not the way it works, folks. Uh, uh, you know, it, six points nationwide is about eight million votes. That's a ton of freaking votes. I don't actually see Hillary widening that lead. In fact, I think it's possible that Trump may shrink it a little bit just by the normal course of events. I do think that Hillary will maintain the lead, at least up until the debates, assuming that they actually even happen. But what I see happening here is that the the race is becoming entrenched, that very few people at this point are going to switch their votes, barring a massive news story or a, a cataclysmic, catastrophic revelation uh, about either of the candidates. And so what I it's going there's going to be a perception. Here's the bottom line. There's going to be a perception that Trump is still in the ball game, which is by the way exactly the way the media wants it. They they want Trump losing but in the ballpark. They within striking distance because then they get the faux drama. So the media is very happy with, with the, the way things are right now. They have it under control. Trump, most of the country does not believe Trump is qualified. At least 60% have huge hesitations or major hesitations about him, which basically makes him impotent in trying to make a comeback. Because if 60% think you're disqualified or thereabouts disqualified, you can't make any headway. Your head runs into a ceiling, even as someone against someone incredibly unpopular as Hillary Clinton. So the bottom line here is, I think we've seen where the race is going to stabilize and that Trump will stay within that three to eight point range 
making it appear as if he's got a chance, but in reality, he doesn't because that's a lot of, of people. Of, a lot of people. It's a lot of room to make up uh, for a candidate who is historically unpopular. All right. That's enough for this week's look at the race uh, for the White House 2016. Other news when we return on the John and Leah Show. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. That obviously is the Olympic theme. Week two of the Olympics. I guess it's week and a half of the Olympics. Ending the uh, second week now beginning uh, with uh, a lot of very interesting things that happened this week. Now, Leah, I fully realize that you uh, have a bit of a personal boycott against the Olympics. I do. I do. Can you, you care to explain why again, real quick? Well, I mean, basically, you perpetuated it. Oh, great. It's my fault. <laughs> right. Okay. Now, it started because I was like, what is this green pool? Why are they swimming down there with Zika? We can't keep sewage out of the water. The doping, the people aren't going. It's like a fake Olympics to me. All right. So I was like, I'm not watching this. And then last week, you had to say... That if we do well, it benefits Hillary. So for sure, I'm not watching. <laughs> My goodness. Thanks a lot, Wow. Ziggler. Now that's that's being really invested in Hillary losing. And also, by the way, it's very rare that you take what I say so seriously. But I, I'll, I'll take it as a compliment uh, in a bizarre way. But all right. Well, I'm there, not watching that crap. Well, there's some interesting, interesting things that happened. First of all, we've got... Uh, Usain Bolt winning the 100-meter uh, dash tonight. Uh, he pers- that picture's hilarious, by the way. Of, of him taunting uh, the yes. other. Uh, so, so he has now won the 100-meter dash for three straight Olympics, which is unbelievable. Uh, and um, who knows, he might try to go for a fourth. I, you know, it's interesting you mentioned the doping. Usain Bolt actually angers me because uh-huh. I can't enjoy him. Me either. Because he's so freaking good. I, I, there's a part of me, like in the back of my head, thinking, eh, doping. Are we sure this is for real? You know what it's like in a weird way? It's, it's like what has happened in the NFL and in college football for touchdowns that are close calls where you can't really celebrate the touchdown anymore because you keep thinking, is it going to get reversed on review? And then, I, so I got to br- brace myself for that possibility. It's a very similar sensation. So, you know, Usain Bolt, I think, whether he's doping or not, I have no idea. Although, you know, there's been a lot of doping in Jamaica. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, so he's been close to it, uh, but he's never, to my knowledge, ever tested positive. Uh, so anyway, the reality is he's won. Michael Phelps has won 23. He's now won yeah. 23 gold medals. That is just completely insane. By the way, his Olympic career began during the Bill Clinton administration, and who knows, might make it into the Hillary Clinton 
administration because I don't think he's done yet. I no, well, I don't think he's done yet either. As well as he has done this time after having announced his retirement in 2012, when you do as well as he has done in 2016, and by the way, in four years he'll have a kid who's walking, talking, and understands what's going on, right. and and he might want to you know show the kid that daddy knows what he's doing, uh, if only just to be on a relay team or so. Uh, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't. But that is just an incredible, remarkable achievement by Michael Phelps. Now, to me, one of the more interesting things that happened with regard to the Olympics also happened in the pool. This got a lot of publicity, but apparently didn't get on your radar because of your boycott. Although you're going to, I think, love this story. It involved a female American swimmer by the name of Lily King. And in her main event, there was a Russian Oh, I saw this. Yes, I know okay. exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> and so a Russian who had twice tested positive but was still allowed to swim uh, because of an appeal. And there was a, a, an incredible photo of Lily King in the warm-up room watching the Russian during her semifinal. She had, the Russian had won the semifinal. She, she put up her finger, like number one, like she was wagging it. And yep. Lily King went up to the screen and started wagging her finger at her. And she had made some statements very negatively towards doping in general. And this Russian in particular saying that she did not believe that she should be swimming in the Olympics. And then God bless Lily King. When she got asked about it, you know, by the media, normally in this day and age, oh, well, I didn't really mean it. Or let right. me let me clarify. No, no, no. She doubled down and said, no. Uh, the Russians shouldn't be, and by the way, some Americans shouldn't be, uh, yeah, uh, shouldn't be running if they've tested positive. Yeah. So she was, she was tremendous, and I, I was emotionally all in on Lily. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it takes a lot for me to get emotional. for telling the truth, <laughs> right? No, but I didn't know Lily King from from a hole in the wall until this, and I was all in on her final, and she ends up beating the Russian. And I'm thinking this is like she a wag her finger. Oh, she was tremendous. She was it was like I, it was like a mini, you know, 1980 Olympic hockey victory. And then an interesting thing happened. And you know, I started thinking about this, and I wrote it, read an article about the Russian. And it's funny because even I am very, you know, as, as much as I am against uh, buying into media narratives, even I'm susceptible if it's a good one. And you know. American girl wagging her finger at a Russian dope user and beating her at the Olympics is a pretty good one. Well, it turns out that this this Russian lives here in Los Angeles and actually trains at USC. No and, and has there. And I'm sorry? They all come here, don't they? Right. No, but but she hasn't lived in Russia in years, hasn't visited Russia in years. You know, Who's I, she swim for? She swims for Russia. But there you go. But but hold on a second, Leah. What what I found here's what I found interesting. Now there was some there is some apparent other side which I'm not buying to her her uh, testing positive on the doping. I'm sorry, it happens twice. I, I, I'm not buying. All right, Lance Armstrong. But but, but, oh, hold, but right. here's here's the part of the story that I that I found interesting and kind of I went hmm isn't that interesting how how your perspective determines everything. Because here's a woman who who lives in Los Angeles for all intents and purposes. She also happens to be smoking hot. She's a she's basically a model. If you go to her Instagram, it's full of nothing but smoking hot bikini pictures. Lily King is not attractive. Not not her fault. Not her job. 
great swimmer, Olympic gold medalist, but not attractive. It occurred to me that if the nationalities were flipped and the hot Russian who lives in L.A. was American and Lily King was the the Russian claiming the American was the doper, every American would have taken the hot chick side. Every single American, including me. And it, 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 you see where I'm going with this, where, where because of, of our perceptions and because of America versus Russia, that dictates the prism through which we saw the story. The Russian girl, because she's smoking hot, had she been American, easily could have been the put-upon martyr to a broken doping system who was trying to overcome that and the system was trying to keep her down and this ugly Russian girl was taunting her. But because but because of the different nationalities. The way you think. You're not seeing any of this. You're you're not seeing any. You got maybe maybe you should check out this girl's Instagram photos. Because <laughs> it's amazing. It's you amazing how way hot, too much time on it's, those it's amazing no, it's a well, no. Here's why it's interesting. One, it's amazing how how much hotness will erase all your mistakes in life. No doubt. Uh, but but more importantly than that, the reason why I found this interesting was I was all in on Lily King. I loved. I was. I was. Until jump- you saw the hot Russian. No, that is so typical, man. That's not. You're distorting what I'm saying. That's not. That's not quite how it happened. But okay, if that's the narrative you want to go with, fine. Um, just to review a couple of other things from the Olympics, we also have Hope Solo. Speaking of female controversies, yeah. uh, telling the, uh, calling these the uh, team that uh, beat the United States soccer team. She's the goalkeeper for the Americans, the American female soccer team, which was heavily favored as they usually are to to win gold in the soccer. They got eliminated without a medal, and she called their opponents cowards for the way that they played, right. uh, which by the way might have been accurate. Correct. But, but not actually something that you're supposed to say. And, of course, see, this is Hope Solo actually is an interesting transition from the Russian hot chick because Hope Solo for a soccer player is very attractive. Mm-hmm. But she's had allegations of domestic abuse against her right? Uh, uh, that are pretty horrific, actually. And if she was a male, if she was a male who wasn't good looking and had the same allegations against her, she, she probably, wouldn't be on the team. She would not be on the team. And she, the media would have destroyed her long ago. But because of that history, I don't think that the, the media gave her did her any favors when she went with the coward. You don't call the other team cowards when you lose. I uh, tell you, the Twitter storm basically destroyed her. Oh, no, but it's, it's, partially, it's partially because she had no benefit of the doubt because of the domestic violence stuff. Um, um, but anyway, so you, you put all that, that. That's a tough one to create the equation for. American... Former hero loses a game. She's hot, but she's got allegations of domestic violence, calls an opponent, cowards. What do we do with this? I'm not sure. Yeah. But that's yeah. that's what happened with Hope Solo. Uh, and uh, other than that, uh, the race. Ryan Lochte was. Oh, uh... oh we got to talk about Ryan Lochte. So, yeah, let's so... talk about this is the reason why. The other reason why I'm so not into these Olympics are, you know, there's rapes going on that aren't being reported. It's oh, just dude. so fake. Uh, and now, Olympic medalist uh, Ryan Lochte and three other U.S. swimmers, apparently they were robbed at gunpoint. Yeah, we're not 100% sure what happened here. And part of the reason why we're not 100% sure is because it's, it's Ryan Lochte. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, mean, I know. I mean, if, if this had happened to Michael Phelps, 
No problem. First of all, it would be a massive story, even bigger than it is. Uh, and there would be no question about what occurred. But because it's Ryan Lochte, and, and no one's suggesting, by the way, that Ryan Lochte is lying. It's just that Ryan Lochte is one of the dumbest public figures that has ever walked the face of the earth. I mean, he you is. Know what, you know what made me suspicious? What? He says that the robbers took his wallet but left his cell phone and credentials. That was a little odd. <laughs> But what are they going to do with his cell phone and credentials? I mean, if you take well, everybody, you, the first thing you do is steal a cell phone and sell the credentials. Yeah. But, but it's that, but odd. That, but that would if, be proof. That would be easier to prove that they committed the crime. Look, I don't. I, I agree that that's a little odd. That doesn't prove that there's a lie. The the, where, the really strange part is that the story he told his mom is is fundamentally, or at least what Sheets says that he told her, is fundamentally different than the story that's now being told. The IOC originally denied the whole thing, but that doesn't mean it's not true because, as you've already said, they have a vested interest in this story not getting out. That, yes. you know, they got swimmers out there being robbed, not by the way, just not robbed, robbed at gunpoint, robbed by people pretending to be police. Correct. In, in Rio. Um, and so... You know, you got prominent U.S. swimmers, including a gold medalist and Ryan Lochte, being robbed at gunpoint. That's not good. So the IOC originally denied it. Then they said it's true. But the the, the most Ryan Lochte moment of the whole thing is apparently Lochte at first, according to the current version of the story, basically said, yeah, whatever, dudes. Um, this was with a gun to his forehead. To his head, his forehead. Yeah, supposedly the story is, that, but Lock from Lochte, I can see that happening. And it's <laughs> not he's be- so dumb. Because he's just so dumb. And and he, and he is very laid back. So he's incredibly laid back and very dumb. And who the hell knows? What we, I, I can totally see Lo- Ryan Lochte with a gun to his forehead saying, yo, whatever. dude, whatever. Um, and uh, so... We're not. I'm not confident we know the full story yet with Ryan Lochte, <laughs> but it was certainly uh, worthy of mention. All right, when we come back, uh, we'll wrap things up on this edition of the John and Leah Show. This is the final segment of this edition of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Sickler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. I had intended to talk fairly extensively about a major development in the story that I've been covering way too much for the almost last five years, which is the whole Penn State, Joe Paterno, Jerry Sandusky scandal. Jerry Sandusky testified for the first time ever on Friday. I released... 30 minutes of audio that I recorded in my one of my two very, very long interviews that I did in maximum security prison with Jerry Sandusky uh, because of that testimony. And I wrote an article about it. If you're at all interested in the case at all, and I urge you to, to be interested because it's the most extraordinary thing that the media has never told you about, uh, go to my website, Framing Paterno. That's FramingPaterno.com. It's figurative, not literal. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's just the only theory that makes any damn sense to figure out a story that makes no sense at all. Uh, and you'll be fascinated by it. But um, I'll uh, save my revelation that I've been saving for quite a long time for a later date because uh, I want to get into it with uh, Leah because I think she'll find this uh, fascinating. But again, go to framingpaterno.com 
and check that out. Leah had requested that uh, her opportunity to, to make a uh, a final statement. I don't know what, yes. what 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 is it what is it you need the time for, Leah? I need a statement. Okay. I need a little bit of time here because for weeks, I mean months at this very time, we have gone through your uh, determination and should you have a second child and all the reasons to have a second child. And uh, I have heard many, many times you speak to say that if you do not have the second child, this your marriage depends on this uh, and that you are taken, I'm not sure if taken for granted, but you are um, uh, not considered right in a lot of things at home <laughs> and, and all of this stuff. Like basically you, the impression that I have is your marriage is hanging on by a thread. Okay. Right. So I open up Facebook and boom, you know I'm friends with your wife on Facebook, and right. here is what she writes. Ten years ago tonight, I met my true love. I knew who he was because I was a fan of his radio show. I could not have known that night would begin a beautiful journey together. Few people would have guessed we would marry Fewer would have guessed what a terrific father he would become. And here's the kicker. I married a good, kind, honorable person. Everyone should be so lucky. All right. <laughs> so who was she talking about there? <laughs> she married to somebody else? <laughs> Listen, that doesn't sound like hanging on by a thread. That no one cares about you around your house. And if you don't have this baby, it's going to end. Leah, it was, <laughs> yes. very, it was very sweet what my wife wrote. Um, I think she felt, she felt a little guilty because... I was the one who got her flowers and a card to commemorate 10 years after we first met. Um, so that might have played a part in this. Look, pe- pe- people people write things uh, in cards and on Facebook all the time. And look, there's I hope, I hope that there's a part of her that really believes that. Trust me, I'm very confident that very few people have ever had their lives more improved by a relationship then my wife's life has improved because of her relationship with me now she what (laughs) i thought you were gonna say your life is improved no my wife my no 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 look my life in the 10 years that since we met has gone to crap all right it's not her fault it's not her fault it would have gone it would be way crappier without her. I want to make that clear. If I did not have my wife and did not have my kid, my life would be horrific. All right. But there, but if you look at where I was ten years ago and my my you know how good my life was or how bad my life was and compare it to now, eh, it's way worse. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, just on a daily basis, my daily life is way worse than it was 10 years ago. And my life 10 years ago wasn't that great. My wife's life, she has virtually, she's living her dream, or damn close to it. Believe me, being married to me is no dream. That's no, that's not, that's not, not going to come as a shock to anybody. But, but, but in the big picture, 
you know, married with a kid, living where she's living, economically she's very secure. This is this is what she wanted. All right, so she does. She should be saying nice things about me. I, I <laughs> um, and I am a great dad, um, and I do really hope. I truly hope that that's what she thinks. And look, it must be what she thinks in part because she's still married. Most women would never be still married to me. All it's right? so true. I'm, I would have left your ass years ago. Right. Yeah. That, that's the headline here. Is that it's a miracle that she's still with me? All right. That I want to make that very, very clear. So there has to be some underlying reason. But you also have to understand, she's currently pregnant. So, that, so that that plays a big role in this. Yeah, we found out that she actually is pregnant. You so, buried the lead. Well, we're still. It's still too early for us to be trumpeting okay. that. Okay, so, okay, okay. All right. Uh, we'll keep it on the DL. Yeah. Yay! We, all right. Leah, <laughs> it's been a very interesting show. <laughs> uh, until next week, I'll talk to you guys next week. The podcast and free speech broadcasting Monday morning. So long, everybody.